goes through college and into the next step of her life with just ease and comfort and with your power of the Holy Spirit. Pray that you bless these two, God, and we thank you that uh, they've just been a part of this church and a huge blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
Don't, that should be the motto, that should be the, that should, that should be the sermon title, like, don't chicken out, be a pig. <laughs> Commit. But that's what it's about. It's all about commitment. Now, we looked in, in this uh, chapter before here, and I'm just going to highlight some of the, 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 the things we're going to be sharing this morning. If you look in the sixth chapter, you'll see verse 2, honor. That's the first. We serve with honor. That's the first one. And then we're going to take from Peter as well, and also from Colossians. We serve with singleness of heart. So we serve with honor. We serve with singleness of heart. Verse 6, uh, I'm sorry, verse 5, fear and trembling. Paul neatly outlines the whole thing for us. Fear and trembling. Verse 6, not with eye service. And then later, verse 6, doing the will of God from the heart. There's the heart. And then verse 7, good will doing service. And he mentions heart throughout this passage. And, and just to get the whole context, let's just turn to 2 Peter, the uh, second chapter. 2 Peter, the second chapter. Because Paul says almost the same thing here and in Colossians, the third chapter, which you can read uh, at your leisure. But 2 Peter, uh, wait, did I say 2 Peter? I'm sorry, 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2, verse 18, Peter brings in almost the same words. Uh, servants, 1 Peter 2, 18, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh, for this is commendable. If because of conscious conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it then if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For this is what you were called to, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us as an example. And he explains that a bit further. So Peter, again, is dealing with uh, the issue of of servants in the early church, and also he was speaking to the dispersed Christians who were going to go in persecution, and he was just basically saying, commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. It's a difficult thing to do in this world, but do so. Commit yourself to God. So let's look very quickly at all of these uh, that he gives us here in this nice little outline from the sixth chapter of Ephesians. The first one he says, Paul says, is got to serve with honor. If you're a child, whatever, you serve with honor. We serve the Lord with honor. And I like this word honor. It's very interesting. It literally means to fix the value of something. To honor something means that we fix the value of that thing. We appoint a value to it. And we say that is what is valuable or not. In John the 8th chapter, Jesus said, I honor the Father, but you dishonor me. In other words, I have fixed the value of my Heavenly Father. Therefore, I do everything he tells me to do. He is of the utmost importance in my life. I only do what he says, and I follow him. Whatever he tells me, that's what I do. Because he is the highest value that I can have in my life. However, you, he said to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you have not given me the value. You don't honor me. You have not given me the value that is due the Messiah. And it's interesting. Early on in his life, in Luke, the fourth chapter, remember when Jesus was young and he was in the temple and he was expounding all these truths? And they looked at him and they were shocked and they said, is this not Joseph's son? Isn't this the carpenter's son? How, how is it that he could know all this stuff? They attributed a great value to him at that point. But then, several years later, when Jesus began to challenge their false religion, suddenly it changed from, isn't this child wonderful, to... You're just a bastard and a common man. That's something. Suddenly the value changed, didn't it? You're, 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 who are you to tell us all these things? So, so suddenly there was no longer a fixed value that was very high. Romans 9, chapter, Paul says that in a great, great house there are vessels of honor. That is, they have a fixed value that is very high. And there are vessels of dishonor. He said, we strive to be the vessels of honor. We strive to make our value high for the kingdom of God. Vessels that have a high fixed value. Then later a few chapters in Romans 12, he said, in honor, serve one another and prefer one another. And again, in other words, fix the honor of that person, fix the honor of that value, of the value of that person highly, look at that person, and then serve that person in high value. 
And that's what we've got to do. First Peter, Peter also gives this, this capstone when he says, honor all men. That is, find honor, find value, find a fixed value in all men. And you know what, folks? That can be hard to do sometimes for us to find value in each other. That can be hard. It can be hard. But we have to. We have to find something in each of us, something in that person that we can value and hold in high esteem and then serve that. So Paul starts off with this first thing, and dealing with children mostly, but for all of us, that is, we serve with honor. The second thing is, we serve with singleness of heart. That means a focus. I'm telling you what, folks. If there's one thing we're going to need in these last days, it is focus. Focus on the Word. Focus on Jesus. There are so many distractions. There are so many things happening that are so crazy in the world. We've got to focus on Jesus. And that usually means turning off a lot of things, shutting down a lot of things, and concentrating and focusing on Jesus and keeping keeping that focus there. Uh, one, one of the things with the, the secular books that I enjoy reading are uh, Louis Lamar Westerns. I don't think anybody's heard of them. They're just, they're just so wonderful. It's the same plot over and over again, but it's, they're just fun to read. And, uh, and, and as, as I'm reading through, focusing on the storyline, <clears throat> at one point, the main character walked into a camp, and he said, the camp smelled of coffee and bacon. Oh. And I lost my focus. <laughs> Nothing changes. 
Young men, he says, be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing else to say to Well, you know, sometimes I like to go to, after work, I like to go out with the boys. Stop it! No! No, you don't. Don't go out with the boys. Don't act like the world. Well, boy, what will they think of me? Who cares what they think? You need to care what God thinks. That's what we need to care. Bond servants, he ends it. Be obedient to your masters. Be well-pleasing in all things. Not answering back, not pilfering or stealing, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Well, I don't know. My master is corrupt and evil. Well, so then that gives you a right to steal. Is that what it means? That gives you a right to take things. No. Well, my boss is just a corrupt guy. He steals all that, so I'm going to steal too. No. We've, we've got to, in whatever condition we are in, be single-mindedly serving God. The Ten Commandments still apply to me, no matter what situation I'm in. The principles of the Word still apply to me. The Sermon on the Mount is still for me. I'm not a victim. I can't give excuses. I'll not squirm out my way out of doing what God says because of my circumstances or how I feel or how they're treating me or what this person does to me or what that person says to me. Everything still applies to me. I am without excuse. Amen? Amen. Okay. That was a hard part. Well, no, maybe not. No, I'm just saying. Because the next one is this, with fear and trembling. We serve with fear and trembling. Paul says in Colossians, serve your masters, serve your bosses. And, and we can shift this into our vernacular because we don't have slavery in America. But serve that nasty boss. Be in that ugly situation. You're there, you're there. Uh, just, just be there and serve with fear and trembling. Peter clarifies this in the passage we read earlier, that everything we do is with respect for God. Paul in, in Colossians 3 says we do everything as fearing God. We fear Him. So we are not fearing man. Because we know what the Word says. What can man do to us? Well, a man can fire us. That's right. They can maybe beat us. I've never been beaten. But maybe. They, but remember, I do live with a woman with low torch eyes. <laughs> they can even kill us. But guess what? If they kill us, we win, right? Amen. We go home to be with Jesus. But we do everything fearing God. So if I fail an earthly leader by not performing my deed properly, if I'm lazy or slothful or a, a disobedient employee, I, I, I might get fired. That's, that's one thing. But I do not want to stand in front of the Lord and get fired someday. I don't want that. I'll do my best down here if it's not good enough. That's one thing. But but I'm going to do my best for him because I know I'm going to stand before him. As a matter of fact, James, the third chapter, right? Brethren, be not many masters or teachers or leaders, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. So no matter what I do as a pastor or as a leader, I don't fear you guys. I fear him. I, I answer to you guys truthfully, yes, but boy, oh boy, I don't want to answer to him. My goodness, fearful place to be. So no matter what you do, as a servant or as a leader or whatever, we do it in fear and trembling before God, not man. And then he gives us another one. We serve not with eye service. Eye service. You know, folks, wherever you, wherever you show up, just please show up there. Wherever you're at, be there. Be there with all that you are. Be there with all that God has for you. Show up with Jesus standing next to you and in your heart. Just be there. Because our service is not to complete a task. It's not to do a thing. It's not to do this or to do that. Our service really is to, to serve with and for Jesus. It's not to be a good employee, it's not to be a good boss, it's not to be a good student, but it's to serve Jesus. And if you do that, if you serve Him, if you labor and work as unto Him, then you will complete the task, you'll probably get a raise, you'll probably get a promotion, you'll get the job, everything will work out well if you do what God tells you to do and serve Him in that way. We are actually in a place now, as I was talking to uh, uh, somebody yesterday, uh, Steve, I think it was, I was talking to him, we, graduation, we are just saying how we are actually in a place now in the United States where we, we don't even do 
eye service anymore. We, we can't even get people to come to work. We can't, and when they come to work, we can't get them to work. I, I remember talking with several teachers. I, when I was subbing, uh, I started to get a lot of requests from teachers. And, and I don't even know why, because I always thought I was a lousy sub, because I sort of just let the kids do what they want. That's why. No. No, they had to get their work done. Once their work was done, then, then you know, we would have fun. But they said, oh, I've had several say, oh, you would believe We have substitute teachers that come in and just sit on their cell phone the entire day and don't pass out the work. They, I, I come in the next day and nothing was done. And these are people with bachelor's degrees. How'd they get through college? I'm thinking, what in the world? What kind of, and these are adults. These are not 18-year-olds. These are adults. What in the world? I remember talking with my older son, uh, David, that uh, every year at JetBlue, where he works, uh, they have to go um, to uh, job fairs and orientations and things like that. They usually go to Orlando, and he's there for a couple weeks, and they have these big orientations and stuff. And he said, the first thing we do is <clears throat> there's a, a big, big auditorium room, that usually like two or 300 people come in. He said, this will be everybody. So this will be pilots, it'll be people that want to be flight attendants or customer service or ground crew, whatever. They've responded, they've been called in for this job, beginning of the job interview. So you know, you see the pilots, they come in, they all have ties on them, little briefcases, you know, pocket protectors and pens in them. They're all set because they're, they're going out for a good job. So they're all set, they come in, sit down, they're attentive. And he says, then you have people, first thing we do is we show a video, a company video, and he says, it's unbelievable. People come in in sweatpants and slippers, come with their caps down, come with their bus in the sag, and they come in, they sit down, they plop in, when we start the video, they're on their cell phones. They're on their cell phones. They don't even watch the video. And so there's the pilots, they're all taking notes. Oh yeah, yeah. Embraer 732, oh yeah, through that one, yeah. These other people, so he says, first thing we do is we stand up, shut the video off, and we say, hey, this happened, you're all dismissed. Done. Unbelievable. We, we don't even want to look good now. At least try to look good. <laughs> Paul says, don't, don't live your life that way. Live your life. As believers, we do not serve an employer or a system. We serve Jesus. And as we serve Jesus, we will then serve our employers. We will serve our church. We will serve our families. We'll serve everybody around us. So he says, don't do it with eye service. And then he says, second to the last one, he says, we serve doing the will of God from the heart. Now, here's where we talked earlier about the heart. This is where it starts to get a little tougher now. But we're getting into the heart thing here. And remember the context. You know, we are talking about slavery and servanthood and things like that. So you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean being a slave is... The will of God? No, that's the will of man. That's because you're on the earth. But but serving God in whatever situation you are in is the will of God. And we're going to face all sorts of situations. And I said it before, and remind us again, we have believers right now in China and in North Africa and other places around the world that are slaves. This, this that I'm reading to you, applies directly to them. They are in servitude to communist countries and to Muslim countries, and they're going through a difficult time. And Paul's message to them would be, basically, serve Jesus the best you can. Well, how many know that's hard? That's hard. I, I would much rather say, find an AK-47 and start killing people. That'd be my answer. But God says, Serve because guess what? You might start saving something. How many testimonies have we heard about POWs in war and things like that that have actually led guards to Christ because of their Christian behavior and how they, they do it? But serving God in whatever situation. So, how about this? Let's take out the whole servanthood, slavery thing, take that all. How many things in life do we not want to do, but we have to do them? Can I give you a list? <laughs> and, and I believe you can either do them, because you have to do them. You have to be there. It has to happen. You can either do them as a servant to God, or you can do it as a slave to the world. It's up to you. You can do it with the attitude of a king, or you can do it with the attitude of a slave. It's up to you. 
You can do it with the attitude of an overcomer, or you can do it with the attitude of a victim. It's up to us. We can do it. I can do it either with my eye on God waiting for his reward, or my eye on the master wanting to kill him. I can do it with my eye on God waiting for the healing that's coming, or I can get so trapped in my sickness that all I see is despair and agony in my sickness. I can have my eye on God waiting for deliverance, or I can stay stuck in bondage and not find no way out. I can have my eye on God waiting for the dawn to come, or I can get so lost in the dark that I lose my way and never serve it. I can have my eye on God and wait for the resurrection, or I can get trapped in my death and never hear anything. I have to keep my eye on God. I have to keep my focus on who He is in my life and do it from my heart. Saying, Father, this is tough. I'm Daniel. I'm in the lion's den right now, but it, 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 it's tough. I don't know what's going to happen when they open those doors, but whatever happens, I'm going to keep on praying and keep on serving you no matter what happens in my life. You know who is a good example of this? Young Joseph. God bless him. I, I've, I've said before, I am so glad that I'm not a Bible character. I'm so glad that other people were. They get all the credit. I'll shake their hand when I get to heaven. But look at Joseph. Thrown into a pit. Sold into slavery. Out of, the, out of slavery. Into a, into a big house. Out of the house. Back into jail. Didn't listen to his, his interpretation of dream. Finally made it. And made it all the way to the throne. Just about in Egypt. I don't understand that path. I, I just think, Lord, that seems like it would have been much easier he just would have left his father's house on Tuesday and Wednesday to the king. It would have been nice. But that's not the way it works. And all through that course, all through that pattern, he had to keep his focus on God and his focus on Jehovah. And this is what you're doing, and I'm going to keep my eye on you. So we serve out of that heart with him. And the last one is we serve with good will. Now, this, and again, as I've said before, don't, don't worry. Uh, verse 10 is coming up, and, and the armor of God gets real exciting there. <laughs> but remember, this is meat and potatoes. This is down to earth stuff that Paul's giving. I think that this might be the hardest thing of all. You see, it's easy to complete tasks one through four that you need to do. Oh, but boy, it's hard to do them with a smile, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to do them with a merry heart. Now, there are some of our jobs, some of our lives, that we can do that. Some, some, some of us could go to the assembly line, and we could cuss all eight to ten hours the whole time. And as long as we turn that screw, right, Jim, as long as we do that bolt, as long as we fix that fender on, we're good to go. Nobody cares what we look like or act like. There are other times we can't do that. There are other times we have to go in with a good smile, a good heart, Billy was a nurse, right? Nurses can't be nasty. Well, they can be, but we don't want them to be. Pastors. You know, that's been one of the hardest things for me in ministry. One of the hardest things is when someone despitefully uses me in some way as a pastor, and then they come down to the altar and I need to go pray with them. That's hard. That's hard. That requires me, not that I'm a spiritual giant, but that requires me to take control of my heart and tell it to shut up. And all of us need to do that. There are times in our lives when we say, Lord, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. And you know what else I'm going to do, Father? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it with a smile. I'm going to do it with joy, as much as I can muster. And I'm going to do it keeping my eyes totally fixed on you. So, serve God with... How many say amen? <laughs> That's good. I like that one. That's a good one. I, I called my aunt uh, a while back, and she... It was so cute. Uh, I can't remember why I called her, and I said, how are you doing? And she said, <laughs> she said, oh, I'm tattling on you now. But it was good. Answer. She said... Oh, mixed emotions. <laughs> I said, isn't that about the best way to describe life? <clears throat> mixed emotions. In other words, I'm going to have to concentrate on the good ones, aren't I? Yeah, got to concentrate on the good emotions. And you got to look at the bad ones. Go. Mixed emotions. So we serve God with a good will. I, I uh, let me close with this. I, I 
last week met with a young man <clears throat> that is involved in uh, something called Point Man Ministries. That's uh, two uh, veterans, uh, and um, we were just sharing around his breakfast. And and uh, Tim is his name. And what a what a wonderful guy. He's 42. He was in Iraq. Uh, he was in the army. So Deshaun um, will tell you that he wasn't really a soldier. He was just in the army.
our lives, fill this sanctuary, fill the church, fill the entire body of Christ with a wonderful, sweet-smelling aroma of goodwill, of good hearts, worshiping together as your servants. And we know that when we get to heaven, we're going to reap the blessings for it. We'll reap the blessings now. You give back to us in so many ways. And we thank you for that as we learn to serve. We receive it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. I may know that when, when people say, I always love it when people say, oh, Christianity is just a crutch. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I don't know about you folks, but Christianity for me is the whole wheelchair. It's everything. You have to be seated in it and work it because it's everything. Jesus is everything that we have this morning. I may want to be his servant. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise his name. Turn around. Bless somebody who just, just go for it serving here this morning in his name. Well, you know when to give it up. Oh, yeah, we did. We went early when it was just getting warm.